2: Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 11:60 a.m. Welcome everyone to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News and as always, we have got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio. As we actually attempt to slow it down for you just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And there is a lot of it to try to make sense of. Uh, as we roll into this uh, 4th of July Independence Day weekend, uh, there's a, a lot to talk about, a lot happening. And uh, I, I want to start uh, just, you know, today's an important day in history, July the 2nd. Uh, this is actually the day that... Um, The uh, Civil Rights Act was signed into law uh, by Lyndon Johnson. We're going to talk about that a little later on in the program today. Uh, And so I I want to get just kind of a theme before we get into all of the politics and uh, what's going on in the economy and what's happening in elections here in the state of Utah. uh, I I want to frame things today uh, around all the things that we could be talking about, should be talking about as we try to look at where we are as a country and where we go next. And so I want to begin today uh, with something from George W. Bush uh, that goes all the way back uh, to the year 2000. Recognizing and confronting our history is important. Transcending our history is essential. We're not limited by what we have done or what we have left undone. We are limited only by what we're willing to do. And I, I just love that that uh, we are not limited by what we have done as a nation, nor by what we have left undone as a nation, but what we are willing to do. Uh, and that's the forward challenge for all of us. Uh, right now, on the floor of the United States Senate, Senator Mike Lee is uh, presenting a resolution uh, that really talks about a lot of these core issues in terms of who are we as a nation, and we can recognize the wrongs of the past. There are many. Uh, we have no perfect leaders, never have, never will. Uh, and so how do we deal with all of those things? Uh, in uh, my piece yesterday in uh, the Deseret News, uh, I talked about uh, the the monumental mistake surrounding monuments. And I wanted to play for you today just a little bit from Cardinal Timothy Dolan, uh, Archbishop of New York. And he talked about all of this in such an interesting way. He said we have to be very careful about chipping away at memory, Uh, that that is a dangerous thing. Take a listen.
3: Look I come as a man of faith Uh, for us as Catholics like our Jewish neighbors memory and tradition are very very important it's a vehicle of God's revelation our tradition to do anything to chip away at that tradition is perilous to the human project I'm saying one of the ways we remember the past and learn from it statues monuments dedicated buildings books And all of these now are under the gun. We're into book burning. We're trying to cleanse and erase the past. I had had recalled an anecdote when I was... uh in another place where I was assigned, that we opened up a new parish, and I had suggested the name Saint Peter. And I got this real burning letter from a woman I knew pretty well, she said, "He's a sinner. He denied knowing Jesus three times when he needed it most." And I said, "Well, look, I know you. You're from Saint Mary Magdalene Parish. You want to change that name because uh-huh. she was sh- sure." No <laughs> you, Jesus. You, you are clever. Well, I'm I saying, just uh- what we're saying, Bill, is we all got a mixture of light and darkness. Uh, yeah. Well, the right approach is to remember. The right approach is to acknowledge with realism and and honesty, and yeah, sometimes contrition about what went on in the past.
2: All right, again, that's Cardinal uh, Timothy Dolan. He was uh, being interviewed by Bill Hemmert on Fox News. And uh, he wrote a real powerful piece in the Wall Street Journal this week. If you haven't read that, uh, also worth some time. Because he goes through everything in terms of, look, There's there have been good people and bad people in all places and spaces, whether that's in government, and the highest offices of the land, whether that's been within church organizations or businesses, uh, communities. It, there, there just are no perfect leaders out there. But we have to be careful about chipping away at memory, Uh, because if we fully chip away and erase the memory of the country, uh, then we've really got nothing. Uh, And while some people will protest uh, and shout and they have that right that's protected by the First Amendment, uh, yesterday we spoke uh, with uh, Tad uh, Collister and, uh, you know, talking about the idea that the very protesters, these very politicians who are condemning some of the leaders of the past are able to do that only because of those leaders, those leaders who did pledge their lives, their fortune, their sacred honor, uh, to fight for those freedoms. And so you, you can't just throw it all out as, uh, well, they, they were flawed and therefore they have no value and we should erase them from history. Uh, that, that is just a flawed, flawed argument. Uh, History's complex, and there's a lot of nuances in history. And I think that's part of our challenge in our day is we're we're getting less good at dealing with nuance and complexity because everything is served up in a little soundbite. Everything can be read in just a few characters, and we're losing that ability to think more deeply, to get to the nuance, to get to the complexities. Uh, This is a complex society that we live in. And that's the beauty of it. That's the power of it, Uh, that we can have all kinds of different points of view. We can have different kinds of belief systems, Uh, all of those things, and they can all exist together, uh, is extraordinary in the world's history. And so to chip away at that and to throw all of that out, uh, we have to be very, very careful about. Uh, So that's the kind of the tee-up for the day today. We're going to continue to have this conversation as we talk about uh, this historic day, July the 2nd, in terms of the history of the civil rights movement, uh, also as we roll into Independence Day and into the weekend, uh, we'll talk a little bit about how the the politics of the country really have failed, uh, but the country will not. And that's so important for us to remember that, yeah, we got a lot of problems in our politics today, uh, but the country's going to be all right, and it's going to be all right for uh, some very different reasons. So stick with us. We're going to talk about that as we go through the day today. All right, let's take a quick look at election coverage. The Utah Governor's Race, special coverage on Inside Sources. All right, uh, we are still in the ballot counting business here in the state of Utah, uh, particularly as it comes to the uh, gubernatorial race. Uh, It's really come down to the current lieutenant governor, Spencer Cox, and uh, former governor, John Huntsman. And the the next uh, tranche of ballots will roll out at 3 p.m. today is the uh, scheduled time. And I think the thing that we all should be watching for in this uh, is really it's really going to be all eyes on Salt Lake County. Uh, there are remaining ballots uh, that will split fairly evenly amongst those two candidates anyway. So I don't think they're going to change a lot. Davis County and Weber County uh will kind of split. You'll have Davis County going very strong for uh, Spencer Cox. You'll have Weber County going a little bit stronger for the Huntsman campaign. Uh, you'll have Utah County, which will continue to be a stronghold uh, for Spencer Cox uh, and Deidre Henderson. Uh, you'll have Summit County, which will go very strong. Uh, for the Huntsman-Kafusi ticket. So those are all going to kind of cancel each other out just a little bit. Remember, the uh, lieutenant governor has a about a 12,000 vote lead at the moment. And so it's really going to come down to those 54,000 ballots uh, in uh, Salt Lake County and how those break. How strongly do they go uh, towards uh, the uh, former governor, John Huntsman, Uh, So that's really what we're going to be watching for. And then the other number to watch for will be the back end number today. And that is how many more ballots have come in through the mail over the last 24 hours. And those uh, will not likely be counted until Monday. So I think there's uh, a good chance we're still talking about this come Monday uh, it's going to be that close, I think. Uh, some people are saying, yep, the lieutenant governor is going to squeak this out by maybe a couple thousand votes. I've seen other estimates of John Huntsman winning it by a couple of hundred votes. So, anyway, it, it is totally up in the air, uh, but we will watch that and continue to cover that throughout the afternoon here on KSL News Radio. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, we're going to re air my conversation with Joseph Grinney and how. 200% accountability and transparency is actually the answer for a lot of problems, but especially when it comes to law enforcement. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two
0: years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
1: There's desperation and anguish.
0: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding.
2: source for exclusive access and insights behind the news here's the opinion page editor of the deseret news boyd matheson on ksl news radio 102.7 fm and 1160 a.m welcome back everyone to inside sources here on ksl news radio it's great to be with you today i am boyd matheson opinion editor at the deseret news and uh interesting day in history today today uh today July the 2nd is actually the day uh, John Adams thought would be uh, the, the big historic day. Uh, it turned out to be the 4th ended up being the big day when they actually passed uh, the Declaration of Independence. was signed in by the Continental Congress. And uh, But this day is an important day. Fifty-six years ago today, uh, President Lyndon Johnson signed the Historic Civil Rights Act of 1964, landmark legislation to be sure. Uh, it was uh, legislation that was initially proposed by John F. Kennedy, uh, of course was not signed uh, tragically until after his assassination and uh, i just think it's so important for us to to recognize that moment uh, in history but also to realize that it's often uh, our elected officials are usually a little slow to the game and we're going to talk about this in our final segment uh, as we talk about how uh, our politicians rarely lead in the country it's actually the culture and the communities that lead and the politicians follow uh, and it's very true, and that was true as it relates to civil rights. Uh, there were so many things that were so far ahead of what Congress would do or what Washington would do, and so we're going to break those down in our final segment today, but it is important to note that uh, that uh, Lyndon Johnson did sign the Civil Rights Act uh, July 2nd, 1964, and it was a, a televised ceremony there at the White House, and uh, so many important things began there. It was the culmination of a lot of great efforts, uh, but in many aspects, it was really just the beginning. Uh, it was not the end, and we obviously still have a long way to go uh, in terms of how we live up to the ideals we profess to believe. To me, that's always the test. Uh, you don't throw everything out just because you're currently not living up to it. It's why you have goals. It's why you have visions. It's why you establish a mission for yourself or for your organization or for your country. It's so you have something to live up to, And the fact that you fall short does not mean that the ideals are flawed or that the ideas aren't sound. Uh, Bringing behavior into alignment with principle is the test. It's always the test. And it doesn't matter what the principle is or what behavior you're trying to improve, Uh, whether that's health and fitness, whether that's education, uh, or whether it's how we treat each other, a judicial system, equality, getting past uh, racial bias, And all of those things. There are so many areas that we could run through in terms of spaces where our behavior, our performance is not in alignment with the principles we profess to believe. Uh, We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, To me, uh, the fact that Martin Luther King Jr. could stand on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and deliver his I Have a Dream speech in front of millions of people and just to his right, He could see the Jefferson Memorial, and he didn't call for all of those people who were there that day to go destroy it. No, instead, he said, let's live up to the principles that he wrote. So he used Jefferson's own words. Uh, And I, I just love the fact that the statue of Martin Luther King Jr. and his monument literally look across the tidal basin there in Washington, D.C., at Jefferson, and Jefferson's looking back. And I think there's an understanding of, yeah, it's about getting to get our performance, our behavior into alignment with our ideals. That's what's been the test ever since the July 4th uh, when they signed the uh, Declaration of Independence, and uh, we began that long hard march, often with faltering footsteps to try to live up to those particular principles. Really interesting. I I, uh, still maintain that one of the greatest speeches delivered in our nation's history uh, was delivered from the back of a truck uh, by Bobby Kennedy uh, after the assassination of Martin Luther King, Jr., Uh, This was in uh, 1968, of course, and uh, he had scribbled some notes uh, on a piece of paper. Uh, His advisors and law enforcement told him he should not go into the the ghetto neighborhood there in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, But he said, no, I'm going. And he stood there in a place where he wasn't really wanted or uh, expected to go and delivered what I think is uh, one of the great speeches of all time. And we're going to play it today. Uh, in honor of some of the advancements and some of the things that we should be thinking about today. You could really take Bobby Kennedy from uh, Indiana in 1968 and you could plant him anywhere in America today. And this is a speech uh, for all time that we should all take a good listen to today.
1: I have some very sad news for all of you. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis, (laughs) Martin Luther King, dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings. He died in the cause of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. For those of you who are black, considering The evidence, evidently, is that there were white people who were responsible. You can be filled with bitterness and with hatred and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country in greater polarization. Black people amongst blacks and white amongst whites filled with hatred toward one another. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, To understand and to comprehend and replace that violence, that stain of bloodshed that is spread across our land with an effort to understand, compassion and love. For those of you who are black and are tempted to be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people. I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. But we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand, to get beyond or go beyond these rather difficult times. My favorite poem, I. My favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own day despair, against our will comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another, feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or whether they be black. We can do well in this country. We will have difficult times. We've had difficult times in the past, but we will will have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence. It is not the end of lawlessness, and it's not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings that abide in our land. and what dedicate ourselves to what the greeks wrote so many years ago to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people
2: And that's uh, Bobby Kennedy uh, after the assassination of Martin Luther King uh, delivered in a very difficult environment uh, in what was referred to as a ghetto neighborhood in Indianapolis, Indiana, April 4th, 1968. Uh, That is still a speech that resonates today. Uh, Worth reflecting on this day when we celebrate the passage and the signed into law Civil Rights Act uh, of 1964 by Lyndon B. Johnson. A lot to learn there, a lot to think about as we roll into our holiday weekend, our Independence Day weekend. All right, when we come back, final segment, we're going to talk about why here in America politics has failed and why America will not. Don't miss it.
1: Though in reviewing the incidents of my administration, I am unconscious of intentional error. I am nevertheless too sensible of my defects not to think it probable that I may have committed many errors. I shall also carry with me the hope that my country will view them with indulgence and that after 45 years of my life dedicated to its service with an upright zeal, the faults of incompetent abilities will be consigned to oblivion
0: as I myself will soon be
3: to the mansions of rest.
2: I anticipate. That's uh, from Hamilton, which will be air tomorrow on Disney Plus. Many people looking forward to that, uh, and of course, that was George Washington and his farewell address, uh, where he talked about uh, he he knew he had his own weaknesses, his own challenge that he was not a perfect man, but he hoped that the country would view them with indulgence uh, after all that he had sacrificed, all he had given to help build the country and establish the nation on a positive foot. Uh, So important. And as we close out and as we get ready to move into our uh, 4th of July weekend, Independence Day, you know, I don't really care where you fall on the political spectrum. Uh, There is actually one thing that uh, most Americans seem to be agreeing on right now, and that is that our political process is badly broken in this country And uh, uh, a man that uh, I never met, uh, but greatly admired, had a great influence on me, Gaylord Swim, described the political failings of our day uh, in this way. He said, the political process requires strong advocates, certainly, but it also takes a counterbalancing sense of humility, civility, and dialogue. Love that. The political course often leads to power struggles, pride, vanity, and egocentric ambition ending in acrimony. It all too often manifests itself in strident voices, character assassination, protest demonstrations, cloakroom deals, and corruption. Uh, And that was written all the way back in 2005, uh, but still true today. And our political system is broken because we've lost that sense of humility, civility, and dialogue. And so what do we do? We end up with the power struggles, the pride, the vanity, the ambition, the backroom deals, the corruption. And so, while our our political system is deeply damaged, it's really in disarray on many levels. Uh, I have to tell you, I'm I am actually more bullish and more optimistic about America's future than I've ever been. So I can be pretty pessimistic about pessimistic about the politics, but man, I am bullish on this country. Let me tell you why. Uh, my hope has nothing to do with which party holds the House or the Senate or who wins the governor's race or who's sitting on the Supreme Court or who's occupying the Oval Office has nothing to do with that. My hope is grounded firmly and has everything to do with who's sitting in our living rooms, who's in our classrooms, who's in the waiting rooms of the community center. That's who I have great confidence in. Because the magic of America, folks, the real magic is not housed in the halls of Congress It's not in those monuments. It's not in those statues. It's not in a secure vault somewhere. It's found in ordinary people who do extraordinary things every day. We see that all the time in this state. It's the neighbor helping a neighbor in need, the teacher that stays late to help a struggling student. It's the friend intently listening to the tale of heartbreak. It's a professional providing free service to solve a problem or a child standing up to a bully for a classmate. It's those kinds of heroic citizens. To me, that's the thread which builds our strong neighborhoods, our vibrant communities. It's the culture that leads and drives and fortifies the nation. And this is really important rolling into our 4th of July holiday It's really important to remember that our politicians rarely lead in this country. They usually follow, even going back to the beginning of the country, even what we will celebrate on Saturday. It's the culture and the community that lead. We celebrate the Declaration of Independence as an extraordinary document, which it clearly is. It was a galvanizing document, to be sure. But it was not a leading document. It was a lagging document. Uh, You hear our good friend Scott Rasmussen uh, talk about this often on this program as uh, he comes in to talk polling with us, Uh, and he once wrote that the powerful principles and inspiring ideals penned in the Declaration of Independence were not even written until 15 months after the War of Independence began. So think about that. It was community and culture that led, and then the Declaration was written after. And again, the Declaration was clearly a galvanizing document for the country, so important. But it wasn't a leading document. Uh, And I love this. John Adams put it this way. John Adams said that the radical change in the principles, opinions, sentiments, and affections of the people was the real American Revolution. That radical change began ever so quietly. Where? In homes and in schoolrooms across the colonies. Uh, long years ago, I conducted a uh, an interview with historian David Barton, and we went through some of the early battles of the revolution. We went through Lexington, Concord, Road to Boston, Bunker Hill. Uh, all of those were carried out by local communities. And then the politicians followed. They didn't have time to wait for central planning to figure out what to do. They went and grabbed a bunch of people out of the church and said, we got to defend the community. And they did. The other example that I often reference uh, goes back to, again, culture leading, politicians following. Jackie Robinson broke the major league, uh, broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball in 1947. It was 1947 uh, that Jackie Robinson stepped up to the plate. Uh, It took 17 more years to get to the Civil Rights Act that we talked about in the last segment, 1964. So as you look at that, And you look at our history as a country, it it always comes back to the people, not the politicians. Uh, Even just think back in the 1970s, uh, political pundits and experts, they all talked about Watergate and Vietnam and stagflation, the energy crisis. Everybody was obsessed with that and that that was going to be the defining point uh, historically and noted in the history books. But, you know, nobody, nobody took note in the 70s, that uh, a guy named Bill Gates and a guy named Steve Jobs both dropped out of college. Ended up launching Microsoft and Apple. But looking back on that, just about everything that the politicians and media talked about in the 70s is pretty irrelevant today. But it was Jobs and Gates, they, the accomplishments, the things that they did. Uh, really shaped the word more than probably all the presidents combined from 1970 to today. And so it's community, it's culture that lead, uh, then the politicians follow. And that's the thing that we've got to remember going into this holiday weekend is that it's up to us. It's a we the people issue to be sure. So my hope for America's future as we roll into this holiday is grounded in the idea that when we look to people instead of the politicians, it's the people, it's the community instead of Congress and culture uh, that really matter. And so our future is really bright. And so while our politics have failed, America will not remember it. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of The Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds.